Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, phone, and security services. Smithville. Local Pride, Global Technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering gourmet pizzas, hot submarine sandwiches, and salads with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com. 332-4495 for delivery. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, and today we're going to do a – we're actually doing a pre-recorded program for uh, your pleasure on December 31st on uh, New Year's – well, actually on January 1st on New Year's Day. We're going to look back at uh, the year 2009, maybe look ahead to 2010 and also sort of look back at the decade, the last decade. Uh, and I have three other journalists from South Central Indiana who are here with me today. Daniel Robison, the assistant news director of WFIU, is here in the studio, as is Andrea Murray, the managing editor of The Herald Times, my colleague from South Walnut Street. And joining us by telephone from Terre Haute is Max Jones, our good friend Max, the editor of the Terre Haute Tribune Star. So you can't call us today because we, as I said, we have pre-recorded the program for the holiday. Uh, but uh, we hope that you'll stick with us and you know you can agree with what we say about the top stories of the year. You could yell at your radio, whatever you want to do. Hey, Max, welcome. Yeah, and uh, thank you, Bob. I appreciate being included, and Happy New Year to everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year. Hey, thanks for coming on. And let's just start with you, Max, because Terre Haute has had some interesting news in the last 12 months. I know. What's the, what's the top story over there? Well, you know, we've been we've been kind of talking about that around here, too. And, and, and even though there hasn't been that one, uh, one or two big earth-shaking events that happened here, it's been sort of an interesting year, a little below the radar, nothing real earth-shaking. Uh, but, but certainly it's been an interesting year and it went very quickly. I think probably one of the things that happened early on was that we finally settled our mayor's race. That was a big one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, the never-ending mayor's race. We, didn't, we weren't sure it was ever going to end. But it sort of ended uh, in somewhat of an anticlimactic uh, form, uh, although I, th- I think it probably ended the way everyone really thought it would. And that was with uh, the Republican... Uh, Duke Bennett winning, uh, being reaffirmed as the winner uh, in the mayor's race. He was reaffirmed by the Indiana Supreme Court. What it really threw this thing off was just in late 2008, an appeals court had actually overturned um, the mayor's race and had, and had, uh, even though they didn't declare um, the incumbent a winner, they did. They declared that the, the, the race it had not been decided, uh, and that there were flaws in in the candidacy of the eligibility of, of of Duke Bennett to to be a candidate for mayor. Uh, so they the, the the appeals court had really thrown everything into a lurch, but the Supreme Court sort of came in and restored order. And, 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 and disagreed with what the appeals court had said and, and very quickly and uh, very simply uh, affirmed Duke Bennett as, as the winner in the mayor's race and so, certainly uh, uh, kept from there being a major disruption in the city's political climate. 
Uh, so it was all a great, uh, great soap opera there for a while. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was probably good. It was good for the city that it that it finally got settled and that uh, Mayor Bennett was able to go along and, and do his business without this uh, huge uh, gorilla in the room um, right. uh, keeping things so unsettled. Well, I think that was probably a big a big story to start the year. Yeah, well, I, I want to bring in Andrea and, and Daniel, and I'm going to ask specifically about the economy because the economy uh, in 2009 created some of the bigger stories uh, of the year. And I, I guess let's look at Andrea. I'm going to look at Andrea across the room <laughs> first and say, what are some of the uh, stories in Bloomington that uh, the the economy had an impact on? Well, of course, the um, state uh, budget cuts and, and the effects on IU and Ivy Tech and our local school system, I think people are still waiting to find out exactly ex- what that is all going to know, boil down to, to being. It's It almost seems like the economy situation has... Um, Finally caught up with uh, with us, and um, we're seeing the you know administrators at at Ivy Tech and IU, and certainly MCCSC starting to worry a little bit about how they're going to get their jobs done given the the cuts that appear to be coming. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'd, I'd say that's where it it hurts the most. Mm-hmm. Daniel, how about how about you? As far as the the economy, any anything that you any of the stories that you covered this year that were related to the economy, things that... Uh... Well, just the, the legislative session was incredibly influenced by the falling economy. Um, you know, re- And then beyond that, they passed a budget that had all these cuts in it. And then as you go on months later with the falling revenues keeping up, then budget cuts from that budget. So you end up with uh, services, uh, you know, dropping below uh, where they've been, uh, you know, for a long time. And it generally has affected just about every story we've covered in some aspect. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> essentially, uh, you look at the economy and you have uh, these tentacles have spread everywhere in the state. Mm-hmm. I notice you've got on your list health care, which is really related to the economy in, in a lot of ways because that's, a, that's an issue that um, the more that businesses have to pay for health care, the more that individuals have to pay for health care, it's really digging into other things that they can, they can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to get back to, uh, with, with Max here for a second, if you don't mind. Oh no! Oh, go right ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we covered uh, the Terre Haute uh, mayor's uh, conundrum for quite a while, and I was just curious, Max, how you felt that that the, the resolution of that case has uh, has affected your city, has affected uh, the job that uh, Mayor Duke Bennett is trying to do. You know, I think probably in the short term, it it, it may have affected him in in, in ways that he, he was a little tentative about some of the things he wanted to do, even though he still went ahead managing the city. Um, so I, I think it probably just brought some relief to him. I think he's now much more confident. Uh, he doesn't have this thing uh, weighing him down or potentially getting in his way. The trouble is, I really think it's probably been the fact that the budget cuts and the economy has, has kind of put a damper on progress in Terre Haute, uh, and as it has everywhere else. Uh, that probably has had a greater effect on him than than in the long run than than what that uh, uh, than than what that dispute did. Yeah, I wanted to, to follow up, Max. I, I did want to ask about the economy. What are some of the uh, the specific issues that have happened in Terre Haute? Well, fortunately, this year hasn't been uh, what I would say a, a real hair-raising year in terms of the economy. You know, in previous couple of years, we had had some big stories with with uh, Pfizer Corporation closing down and moving out and taking 660 jobs with it. Um, and that was, you know, that that was sort of the, 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 we're still suffering from that. But really, this year, there was nothing like that. 
it was um, it, it was just sort of that that malaise that sets in when the economy starts slowing down. The retail sector is is suffering. There were some layoffs, but our our unemployment rate has stayed steady. It's about the same as the states and and uh, and the countries. So we haven't seen any huge spike yet. Things seem to be somewhat stable. So I would not say that I'd point to any one particular thing. Uh, that happened in the economy. Uh, it's very been it's been very much just widespread um, um, malaise. But you know, it's 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 not been anything really really bad. Just kind of permeates everything. It does. <laughs> right. Well, we, you know, we had uh, we had some layoffs here, uh, but uh, the news that GE was going to stay open after all for a little longer than they expected. I, it's never a good bet to, to say exactly what's going to happen at GE. And, and Sunrise had some layoffs, and there were some others. Uh, but we also did have some good news from Cook, and uh, so our um, our economy and job uh, uh, rate, I guess, unemployment rate, is uh, is holding in there. And and uh, in fact, we're I think we're beating the state numbers just a little bit here in Monroe County. Yeah, and I think as you said earlier, Andrea, I think that you know Bloomington may see more um, more of a slide next year because yeah. we're so reliant on the university and – That's where it's going to catch up with us I think. Right. Because <clears throat> right. we don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean mm-hmm. the governor's numbers were um, not too good. How did Indiana State fare with the uh, latest round of – You know, they're about the same as, as everyone else would be. They, they're, they, they will be affected by this. But um, it seems like they, they're holding fairly steady. Uh, there's probably been more good news at ISU in the past year than there has been bad news. You know, there is a, they're starting to see an increase in their enrollment now. Um, so, so I, I don't think there's, there's going to be anything drastic. Although they're 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 going to see some cuts. What really uh, helps Vigo County and Terre Haute is that the healthcare sector. Uh, has not been affected so much by the economy, and in fact, um, we just uh, cut the ribbon on a on a new uh, 175 million dollar hospital here in town. And because of that sort of uh, all that construction going on, uh, really sort of masked maybe some of the other bad things that were going on. So we've had some good things. Uh, happening here too, as as well as bad. Tell us a little more about that hospital. Is it uh, is it the community hospital? It is incredible. Mm-hmm. It is. I've been through it a couple times. Every time I go through it, I'm just amazed. It is Union Hospital. It was built by the Union Hospital Health Group, uh, which has a number of clinics and and uh, related medical services uh, throughout the community. Now we do have two hospitals. The Union Hospital is the it's the nonprofit hospital. It is a it's the largest of our two hospitals. And uh, what they did is they went in and they built this huge new state-of-the-art facility. I mean, it is spectacular. Uh, it's been very well designed. It has changed the landscape in that entire part of town uh, and, and has really fueled uh, some development in that sort of town and also influenced Indiana State University and some of the other uh, local colleges and universities to start to partner with uh, the the healthcare community uh, to try to, to try to turn itself into sort of a healthcare magnet and a healthcare education magnet. So we're seeing these sort of things going on that are, you know, they're really interesting, and I think they're really going to be good for Terre Haute uh, in the future. All permeated, you know, all punctuated by this this fantastic new state of the art uh, hospital that just will open on January the 12th. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get a word in for Kokomo and Columbus, too, the uh, other big communities we broadcast to with uh, WFIU. Uh, Kokomo, uh, in a nutshell, had uh, 
pretty horrible year. <laughs> they had uh, one of the largest unemployment rates uh, in the whole entire country, and that's due, of course, to the uh, trouble in the auto industry and their reliance on uh, that industry to succeed. And also, uh, Columbus saw a lot of trouble. Uh, lots of layoffs at Cummins. Uh, they did recall some of those workers, but still, uh, just a few weeks ago, yeah. uh, more layers, uh, more workers were uh, actually laid off too. So both of those cities have had uh, lots of trouble just just keeping up. Got to say though, Columbus at least didn't have that big flood this in two thousand nine. <laughs> That's right. Boy, I mean, but they're still recovering from it. It's, you know, uh, yeah. about uh, sometime in the early two thousand nine, we had our own big snowstorm here. Speaking of the, we weren't speaking of it, but speaking of the <laughs> East Coast. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I just want to remember, a year goes by awfully fast, it doesn't sure it? sure does, <laughs> yeah. I remember that day as uh, IU shut down yeah. for the first time in, I don't know how I mean, long. Forever or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. But we came to work. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's right. Um, so, Max, what are you seeing? Uh, or, well, before I get get ahead of myself. I know that we only have you for the first half of the program, but what are are there some other key issues that you'd like to mention from 2009? You know, those are the, I think I'll probably hit on the major okay. ones. One thing I, I have to mention, this is sort of an interesting thing that has just happened over here that people are kind of excited about. Uh, there was an announcement just in the last couple of weeks that Terre Haute will once again be getting minor league baseball here. All right. uh, it is a prospect. That's exciting for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's still minor league baseball, and they're building a new stadium out here uh, um, near ISU, uh, it, it will be finished by the spring, and uh, their first pitch on our from our minor league team will be in June. And everybody's really, really kind of stoked about that. It it's just sort of a feel good story that it will be coming to fruition in the coming year. Uh, that that all came about in the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so we're all really excited about Do that. They have, is there a nickname yet? Yes, they're going to be called the Terre Haute Rex. R E X Rex. That's right, like, and that um, is named after Tyrannus Rex. It, it's named after the Rex coffee brand, which is the brand that Clabber Girl, right. uh, which is a Holman and Company uh, uh, a corporation. And if you go to Terre Haute, you can go to the Clabber Girl Museum. You absolutely can. And <laughs> yes. Go to the Clabber Girl Bake Shop, Coffee Shop, and you can get Rex coffee. And Clabber Girl is the sponsor, corporate sponsor. For this minor league team, and that's uh, there. Thereby, they got the name the Terre Haute Rex. Well, Max, um, as long as you're talking about next year, um, or maybe we should say this year, since it's January first. Um, <laughs> what about what other thing? Is there a is there a riverfront project coming over uh, over your way at Terre Haute? There is, and you know that has really been slowed down, I think, by the economy. Mm-hmm. But there are some things going on right now. They're working on getting the wetlands. Uh, ironed out, and I think that's probably the first thing we're going to see as the major development in this Riverscape project. Uh, then as time goes on, I think some in, some exciting things are going to happen, uh, and some of that is actually related to ISU's expansion toward the river. Uh, the ISU's new master plan actually mentions the Riverscape project and how some of the uh, university's development is intended to tie in to that river uh, development, the, the new stadium where they're going to be playing minor league baseball is right on the river, right next to the river. So there's, there is already some development going on there, but, but I think it's probably going to be slowed by this economy as you know, development tends to be. But there's still some, some interesting things going on long overdue in terms of developing along the river. Well, Max, as far as the riverfront project, that could be uh, complicated by uh, the city's uh, looming sewer problems, right? That, that's going to be <laughs> well, a big issue uh, this coming decade, right? Because you have a, 
But the city has a $130 million project ahead of it and uh, doesn't quite know how it's going to pay for it yet, right? Well, and, and again, that's, another, that, that's one of those things that it's been hanging over the city's head for, for 20 years, maybe longer. But they've got those lagoons down there that are out of date and they don't function properly and they stink up the south side right on I-70, so that greets Very everyone well as they come to Terre Haute. Well they, they sometimes uh, are slapped by, by the, the sewer smell. So it's got to be taken care of, but they really haven't decided yet uh, how they're going to pay for it and exactly which um, uh, option they'll choose. And, and that is a, a, obviously a, a, an economic problem for the city uh, trying to come to grips with this. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to remind you that you're listening to a pre-recorded uh, edition of the Noon Edition show. My guests today are Max Jones, the editor of the Terre Haute Tribune Star, Andrea Murray, the managing editor of the Herald Times, and Daniel Robison, assistant news director of uh, WFIU, is sitting in as well. We're talking about the top stories of 2009, and we might uh, even look ahead to, a little bit to 2010. So uh, you mentioned the minor league baseball team. I should I should mention, uh, I think that you know, sports was big in Monroe County in 2009 as well. Top story of the year was, Andrea? Southland State title goes undefeated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we always do a vote of the uh, Herald Times staff, and we also um, have voting of our readers, and the Herald Times staff has named the South uh, winning the state title the the number one story of the year. And since we are pre-recording the program, we don't have the results from our readers. Yet. But they were running but, about the same, I but think. They, but yeah. but it, it, I'll be surprised if that's not the, the number one story. But there were other sports stories that were in our list of stories of the year because, of course, Indiana basketball had the worst season in its history worst in 2009. And uh, Bob Knight was inducted into the IU Athletics Hall of Fame, which is Interesting when you look at the decade because in the year 2000, the top story of the year in the year 2000 starting off this decade was Bob Knight being fired by the university. So <laughs> it's all sort of self-contained. It all works together. Right. And when you look back at uh, on IU sports or IU basketball from a, a decade perspective, it's been probably one of the worst de- decades for uh, IU basketball uh, <laughs> since probably the 1960s or so. I think uh, that's probably true. I, other than the fact that IU went to the state the championship game in 2002, but besides that, I mean the the kind of things that went on under Kelvin Sampson and the and the probation and all that, the you know that was just. Pretty dismal. Well, let me ask you, Bob. Uh, we, we've now had almost a year of, uh, of Fred Glass's uh, tenure here at IU. What do you make of his first year on the job? I think Fred Glass has been terrific his first year on the job. I think he has, uh, in the last week of, or the last two weeks of 2009, he had his first, in my opinion, really difficult uh, decision to make when mm-hmm. he, he let go Mike Freitag, the coach of the IU soccer team, and hired Todd Yegley. And he said in, you know, in our paper that's going to be looked at, some people are going to hate that decision or at least criticize him because it looks like nepotism of the worst kind because, of course, Jerry Yegley started the program, ran it. Mike Freitag took a shot or two at Yegley when he was on his way out the door saying you know, that J- Jerry had sort of uh, – helped orchestrate that. But I have uh, – I personally have the utmost confidence in Fred Glass. I think he's a stand-up guy. I think he um, hired who he thought would be the best person to coach the soccer team. I think the things he's done with football have been fantastic. I think he's brought a real transparency and a fresh uh, approach to athletics at Indiana University. He's not – he doesn't have that bunker mentality that we've seen over time. And I'm just – I think he's just doing a a really fine job. And he 
came on the show too, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> Happy about that. Uh, well, not to keep on sports for too long, but Max, uh, how was it uh, covering Indiana State? They had the longest losing streak. Uh, did they set a record for that? The football well, team? You know, I'm sure they did. In some people's eyes, it, it seemed like it was never going to end. But we did win a football game uh, last year, so so that's the good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they finally broke that. Uh, they broke the chain. Uh, they won a football game, and we'll see where they go from there. But you know, on the upside, uh, ISU's uh, men's and women's basketball team had successful years last year and are off to great starts this year. So, um, you know, that's been kind of fun. Uh, um, everybody's really enjoying it, and it's kind of uh, got the, the whole sports mentality pumped up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, – keeping sort of along the, the theme of sports, this is kind of a stretch, but education, Max. Um, what's, what's happening? You know, we, we've talked about how, you know, our local schools are going to be hurting in 2010 and the university. You've talked about Indiana State, but how about the public schools in your area? Well, the Vigo County School Corporation is one of the largest school corporations in the state, and um, uh, fortunately, they have really managed uh, to um, to survive all of the tough uh, financial years. Even the last couple of years have been tough, but they're they're holding their own very well. Now, this may catch up with them uh, finally, like it has in other places, but it still looks like this year um, should be pretty steady. Uh, I know that they're going to be facing some some tough decisions, and those decisions haven't been made yet. But uh, overall, it appears that the financial stewardship of that corporation uh, is working out very well. Uh, I would be personally surprised if anything huge or, or drastic happened. Although you know there will be some adjustments to to deal with the. A financial situation. Yeah, I think I think that uh, a lot of school corporations around the state are going to be faced with some really difficult decisions. I know um, Anderson has been in the news recently because they're going to close one of their two high schools. I think turn one of them into a middle school, and you know, for the uh, community with the sort of the tradition of Anderson with Anderson High School, Anderson Madison Heights, which closed a few years ago, and Anderson Highland. That's a that's a tough thing. And when you look at our communities, Bloomington, Terre Haute. Columbus, um, those communities in particular that have two high schools, more more than two high schools, because they, they, you know, Bloomington has um, Aurora uh, High School, which is an alternative school, New Tech High School, and also Harmony, which is a private school, Lighthouse Christian, which is a private school. I mean, things are just changing so dramatically on the public school front, and the the changes in state funding are the the difficulties with state funding are certainly going to going to hurt. I want to ask your opinion, and I know uh, Daniel's done some coverage of the legislature too, because <clears throat> before we let you go, I know that the legislature this year one of the big things is going to be the property tax uh, caps, and uh, that's an, an issue that uh, the legislators from around here tell us probably is going to sail through, and and there will be a um, an amendment to the Constitution that will cap property taxes at one, two, and three percent. But it, it seems to me that that a lot of this, uh, a lot of the um, economic problems that the state's having now might not be happening if there was a more stable property tax base. But I, what, what's the what's the talk about this in Terre Haute? Well, that's one of the underlying problems yeah. of the whole system, as you describe it, and it's a complicated thing. It's hard for a lot of people to get their 
get their heads wrapped around it. And for us who follow it all the time, it gets difficult to to understand just what the causes and effects of these things are. Uh, but I think it's starting to settle in. I think it is just very clear uh, to local elected officials on the city, especially on the city and county level, that they're having to change the way they do business. Um, in many cases, uh, counties like Vigo and others around the state, cities like Terre Haute, have, have just spent too much money, uh, and they're just going to have to, to find a way um, to ratchet down uh, their budgets. Um, it's not easy, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a lot of stress associated with elected officials that are doing this, uh, but they seem to be coming to grips with it. Uh, it's just going to have to be done, and, and, the, and the public is going to have to change the way the standards it has for what they expect out of their local governments. Looking forward to the next year or the next decade, do you feel like, uh, Max, around the state you're going to see uh, uh, local governments passing more local taxes to make up for the, uh, the property taxes that have been reduced? I think there will be. I think it'll be hit and miss. I think their first, uh, they'll first try to, to, uh, to cut their budgets and really kind of restrain uh, some of the things that happened in their local governments. I think that the new taxes will be last resorts because they certainly will not be popular in those places that do have to pass taxes. Uh, you know, I, th- I think probably the elected officials that feel them feel that they were forced into the position of pushing those through will will eventually be defeated in their elections. I think those are the cycles that we're going to see, um, and it's probably going to have to work itself out in that way. All right, Max, in the last minute we have you here, uh, you want to make any uh, grand predictions for 2010? Anything? <laughs> any, what's going to be the big story of 2010 in Terre Haute? Well, you know, I, uh, you know, we think about those things, and it's been a fairly quiet year, so it's kind of it, – it's one of those things that there's really no obvious uh, um, uh, thing to point to. So I would say the big story this year was that the Terre Haute Rex will win their first baseball game <laughs> on opening night do you uh, have, on the first week of June, and, and, and that will be a big deal. Yeah, do you, I just want to know if the Tribune Star got a skybox. Well, you stadium. know, if a skybox might be a stretch, considering it's probably only maybe a, a – <laughs> a couple stories up, but uh, we, you know we're certainly going to be there, Bob, and all, all right. these folks are invited to come over on opening night. All right, and, and share the box with us. It's going to be fun. All right, Max. Well, I, I want to let you go. I know you've got uh, some other commitments today, but thank you very much for being with us. And uh, I want to wish you a, a happy new year. But uh, this we've been we've had Max Jones for the first half of the program from Terre Haute, the editor of the Tribune Star. So, Max, take care. Thank you, Bob. Happy Bye. New Year to everybody. Thank All you. All right. And uh, I'll be back after a short break. I'm with Daniel Robison, Assistant News Director of WFIU, and Andrea Murray, the Managing Editor of the Herald Times. And we'll turn our attention probably more to Monroe County, Bloomington, and the state of Indiana. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back. listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, Smithville Telephone Information at smithville.net, and from Mother Bear's Pizza at motherbearspizza.com. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, as well as movie, play, and opera reviews. 
Find out more by going to our website, WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? On Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the WFIU News Team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Listen at 8.33 a.m. and 5.45 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch that day's feature. If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, WFIU.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 7.45. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg from the Herald Times, and this is a special pre-recorded edition of Noon Edition. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, With me in the studio are uh, two other journalists from South Central Indiana, Andrea Murray, my colleague at the Herald Times. She's the managing editor of the paper and Daniel Robison, assistant news director at WFIU. So since we're pre-recorded, obviously you can't call us today, but you can sit uh, around your radio and listen to what we have to say about 2009 and 2010. And I'm sure you can call the – what's that? call-in line you've got here, Daniel. You can tell us whether you agree or disagree. <laughs> oh, I don't, well, I don't know. Well, well, all right. But there's a, call, there's a special call-in line. You can call us anytime at WFIU and tell us what you think. So, Andrea, where do you want to go next? What kind of stories do you want to talk about? The fun stories of the year? Top story. Well, there's one. My favorite one that didn't make the uh, top ten list that was on the uh, ballot was the uh, uh, plane crashes in Martinsville car lot, no one hurt. That was a fun story? Uh, well, it was kind of a fun story in the sense that no one was hurt. <laughs> yeah, How right. many times do you get a cover of a plane crash where no one's hurt? Uh, so we like that one. Um, the, the, there was some car, car damage and, of course, to the plane too. But yeah. yeah well, what's I mean, some details on this? I don't even Oh, this, this happened. This happened mid-year sometime. You know, time goes by so fast I can't remember anymore. But, uh, yeah, we, we had a picture of the plane mm-hmm. on top of a, a car in this Martinsville lot, but uh, apparently the pilot was Nobody was hurt. That's yeah. always good. Yeah. We always like that kind of <laughs> – yeah. Well, the, there are a couple of really big stories that occurred that are sort of one-time stories. Uh, one, the one that I'm thinking of is uh, Lynn Ostrom winning the Nobel Prize <gasps> for yeah, economics. I mean that was a huge story. It's not the kind of story that, that we're going to get uh, – well – We've never had it before in my in my memory of being editor. I mean, there have been Nobel winners from Indiana, but uh, Lynn Ostrom was was the Nobel winner. And and, and the tragedy of the commons is no longer a tragedy. That's right. The, the, her her work is. Uh, you can dis- explain her work. Can't well, you? the tragedy of the commons was this famous economic theory that uh, when people own uh, property or or some type of asset in common, and they will they'll it'll be misused or, or uh, overused to the point where it won't be a benefit to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe an argument for a top-down administration. Um, but her work was helpful in showing that people who have a stake in common assets like that, forests is one of her uh, uh, one of the assets that she refers to, um, can make good decisions about stewardship and can can actually manage these things themselves. And hey, that's mm-hmm. good news for everyone. Yeah. Well, you mentioned commons. This is kind of changing the subject, but uh, I feel like I must get a word in for Columbus and Kokomo when I can. You're representing those folks. (laughs) Lovely segue. The commons. Everyone knows that. Uh, There was, uh, of course, the commons referendum in Columbus, which uh, was this uh, gigantic, huge downtown uh, uh, project that uh, uh, a citizen collected 100 signatures and stopped the whole thing from happening for a few months. And uh, by all accounts, it was kind of a personal grudge he held against uh, the, uh, the mayor. Uh, of the town there, so he was able to stop it for a few months. But they uh, launched this. Uh, they both had dueling 
referendum uh, signature campaigns and uh, the city won out and uh, I think they're currently building it that now except last time I was in town there just seemed to be big piles of mud. Well, did they avert their very own tragedy of the Commons then over they there in Columbus? That's excellent. Some would, that, yes. Some would say that. Some would not say that. Um, the university had uh, a, a very steady year it seemed to me. I mean a lot of the issues they were – that IU was dealing with had to do with budgetary things. Uh, on our list of stories from the HT, um, there weren't any really major IU stories. Uh, Lynn Ostrom was number three on our list and the state budget woes for the university uh, were down I think close to – I think number 10. Well, the, the sad news, IU president, former president right. Miles Brand died this year. Yeah, that was that was big news uh, as well and very sad news. Miles Brand uh, – there are a lot of – Miles Brand left some – Pretty strong, a pretty strong legacy at IU with uh, in the in the areas of healthcare and information technology. Two things that IU has really um, developed in uh, some very big things. He's known a lot for things that happened in athletics, firing Bob Knight. But in fact, his stamp on Indiana University will be much more about uh, building Clarion into a, a healthcare uh, community for. All of Indiana with the Indiana Medical Center and um, what he did with with information technologies, including bringing Michael McRobbie to Indiana and the things that Michael McRobbie has has done. There were a lot of buildings this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the new new football uh, north was it the north, north end, end zone, zone edition is a beautiful. Yeah. Uh, addition to the stadium, and and if you've toured it, I, I haven't. But uh, people that I know who have say it's, it's beautiful in there. So, mm-hmm. and even looking forward to the next uh, decade, uh, uh, President McRobbie's uh, contract was uh, extended uh, of twenty seventeen, something like that. So he's he's going to be there for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and he would probably point to those other buildings out on Tenth Street, the the information technology mm-hmm. building, and I'm not sure what else is out there, but I. I I should know that and I'm sorry. I apologize. But uh, the two new buildings that were dedicated out there that have to do – that are really moving IU forward in, in technology and life sciences are – they were, were two big things that happened uh, again this year. There were a lot of things in Monroe County that would classify – I would classify as very sad, tragic news. A lot of them made our top ten list. Andrea, do you want to go over a couple of those? Well, um a couple of stories from Brown County made our top ten list, uh, both of them bad news. One was story number two for the year, the burning of the Little Nashville Opry. Uh, and they're still investigating what happened with that fire. So that was a, that was a, a big uh, story and, and a lot of people who have great memories of the Little Nashville Opry were pretty sad to see that happen. Luckily, no one was hurt in the fire. And then um, the the death of Dude Volan in Brown County. This is a home invasion story with the two Reed brothers who broke in and, and wanted to steal. Uh, the the situation got out of hand. I, I guess Dude Volan shot one of the boys and injured him a little and then that boy shot him and uh, before you know it, he Dude w- was dead and, and uh, the uh, boys had also attacked and seriously injured his wife. Um, they were sentenced this uh, this year. Uh, the The attack was last year, but they were sentenced this year, and um, they got uh, both got sentenced for. And those boys murder. were they were seventeen and thirteen. Yeah, they were when very the young, occurred, very young, so, troubled yeah. teenagers. 
And, and where does the Little Nashville Opry story stand right now? Are they going to rebuild, or is there still just an investigation? It, is, it, it doesn't have an answer. They're, they, they're investigating the uh, fire as uh, suspicious, and when that status is in there, then no, no insurance pays off, and nobody can build, and the people that own the property are... Um, you know, not talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those areas, one of those, one of those facilities that people, a lot of people in Bloomington are, are, you know, we people here sometimes live a kind of an insulated life, and just twenty miles down the road mm-hmm. was this place where everybody who's anybody in country music for the last three decades had had performed, mm-hmm. and people from all over the country came there in October to listen. And I know there were, I, I, I'm not going to put a dollar amount on it, but I know there were. Um, estimates of some pretty su- substantial financial losses in Brown County because people weren't coming to those shows. So yeah, they come uh, in buses and spend the night and mm-hmm. uh, shop in the town and it was just a real economic engine for them. Mm-hmm. Well, at least for, for the time being, those shows have been relocated to another uh, venue. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, I know that they were doing some at the, uh, at the Brown County Playhouse, which is downtown uh, in downtown Nashville. Downtown Nashville. <laughs> a beautiful little theater and I'm not sure where else uh, they're doing it but yeah, they were doing that. Um, so Daniel, what else is on your list? You've got uh, – you've got – you have a you're, a – you're an NPR guy so you have this broad <laughs> way of thinking. We're the local newspaper. We uh, focus on some of the more uh, – Hyper-local. Right, hyper-local things. So. Well, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about Barron Hill if that's okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he brings national issues local with you know how he votes on issues and how he uh, – plays into the uh, national discussion. He got, kind of got some press this year uh, being a, uh, a prominent blue dog. Uh, mm-hmm. who They influenced the way uh, at least health care uh, went. Also um, b- proposed uh, cap-and-trade uh, legislation too. So he had an interesting year. In fact, uh, I see on your list uh, you put his uh, raucous town hall meeting. <laughs> yeah, I think Baron Hill got it from both sides. He, he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't pro-reform enough for the pro-reformers and he was too pro-reform for the non-reformers. And so he really was caught in the middle of a crossfire. But I think what you were saying, uh, I mean, I think what you're both saying is absolutely right. And Baron, uh, Baron Hill was, he did become sort of prominent in the blue dog uh, arm of the uh, Democratic Party. And that raucous town hall meeting, I mean, it was, it was raucous. And we, the Herald Times, uh, did a live video feed of it. Mm-hmm. And it wound up sort of biting Barron, mm-hmm. and it's going to show up. There, there are going to be parts of that town hall meeting that will show up in campaign ads this year. I'm certain of that. You know, he, uh, he's also announced that he's thinking about that governor's race. Oh, yeah. yeah and, which is interesting. I, I, I read the, our story this morning in the, in the paper about that, and I'm not sure that he's necessarily announced it. No. But, he has, but he's ad, ad, acknowledged it's, that he's considering what his options are for 2012, but he's very much in the race for Congress in 2010. So... Um, I think you know Barron's probably too honest for his own good to say that. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking about that for 2000. Well, I would be too. I mean, it, the, running every two years uh, mm-hmm. in this climate, in this political climate where everyone's attacked and no one's nice, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'd probably get uh, worn down a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, we have an election year coming up that promises to be. Um... <laughs> As explosive as ever. I'm oh, sure. yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's for sure. And uh, he's actually going to be facing – well, probably uh, uh, there's going to be a, a GOP primary. But Todd Young is going to be uh, probably his uh, his opponent in the fall. 
uh, he, who looks to be a formidable opponent from uh, what some political analysts have I'm sure, said. And I'm sure we'll have him on Noon Edition at some point oh, well, to let people know a little more about him. Let's <laughs> hope so anyway. Uh, the city of Bloomington, there were some big stories this year that sportsplex. are going to – Sportsplex. Sportsplex. <laughs> city of Bloomington took over Sportsplex. Now, that's one of the fun stories, see, mm-hmm. of, of the year. Yeah. But a couple that are actually just getting started. The Mayor Cruzan had two major initiatives he announced in his State of the City address and – he then developed a strategy for both of them. One of them is the idea of restricting or banning chain stores from Kirkwood Avenue, uh, the downtown Courthouse Square, and then he added Fourth Street, which is sort of restaurant. I think he would say restricting, but restricting. Yeah, ban was a word that came out sort of early on, but it's sort of been taken off the table now, uh, at least for the time being. Um, and then the other one is inclusionary zoning, which essentially means that people who build um, housing would have to include some provision for affordable housing. And that one may be even more controversial than the other one because um, I think the builders and developers um, being told that they have to do something. is worse or, than being told that you can't do something. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> that begs the question. Uh, what form do you see uh, this legislature, you know, when it's introduced in the council, if you think it, it will be the chain store ban or, or whatever you want to call it? Restriction. <laughs> right. What, what form do you see this taking uh, when it is actually introduced? Because it hasn't been yet. That's a great question, Daniel, and I can't uh, – I, I don't think I want to hazard a guess. But well, a, there are good people working on it, but they don't know either. But I would say you know, my, one of my, my prediction, my rock-hard solid prediction for 2010 is there will be an ordinance that will do something to restrict <laughs> chain stores in those three parts of town. I don't think it will be a ban in any way. Um, if uh, you know, I, I've written several editorials about it, and in them, I've suggested maybe they want, they they might want to look at only the since it is all in the bead, maybe just the entertainment and arts businesses. Um, I think that they I've been to a couple of meetings on this, and I do believe that um, they'll be looking at restrictions on perhaps square footage, frontage, um, those kinds of things. So. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. we were eating at the Noodle and Company. Is it Noodles and Company where mm-hmm. the Vonley is mm-hmm. anyway? Um, and that's a chain of sort mm-hmm. and we were looking around and, and the, the folks who did that had to restore that building and it was a, you know, kind of a public process of deciding how to use that space and, and some expectations that were, were uh, pretty expensive on the part of the people who developed it and, and then uh, rented it out to noodles. So I don't know. I mean, could a, a, a locally owned restaurant have afforded to, to get – uh, you know that space. I I don't I don't know. You know mm-hmm. They had to have something in there that would help them pay for that project, and the project was beloved. Well, as an I'm a newcomer to Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only been here a year and a half or two years. Uh, how have you guys seen uh, Kirkwood change? How have you seen uh, you know the downtown change in the past decade since we are at the end of uh, decade? Oh, well, the, I mean downtown is is. Well, downtown has been reborn in the last three mm-hmm. decades. I mean, it was really on its way down. Uh, and the, you know the Cook Group came in and and did a lot of renovation and got involved, and then a lot of other investment occurred. Um, but in the last you know in the last decade, I, th- I think I think the let me just put it this way: the fear is that there are some businesses that are going to turn over ownership in the next decade, and that if if chain stores were to buy all those businesses that are going to turn over in those areas, that it could change the feel of it. 
totally. See, now, one thing that happened on Kirkwood was that there used to be a McDonald's there, and that did leave, and we got it at Chipotle instead in the exact mm-hmm. same place. And they're both chains, but one of them has, you know, a little different feel than the other. Um, I think people are, are maybe when they talk about the the fear, they, they're thinking maybe Restaurant Row more. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, the 4th Street area where they have all those very uh, charming shops and places to eat. Well, but, what I've noticed in the – excuse me, Bob. Ahead, in the, in the mm-hmm. few years I've been here is a lot more uh, residential units are, are, are coming That's true. Uh, downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, right next to Chipotle, they're building, I believe, some new apartments mm-hmm. and there were uh, – where Jiffy Tree used to be. Uh, right yes, now there's a place above and, and mm-hmm. that's the thing, mixed use. Retail, mixed use, that's right. Retail mm-hmm. on the street level and, and uh, <laughs> residential above. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean I, I think that it, people – um, are interested in what goes on downtown. I think that Bloomington's downtown, and this is one of the difficult things about this issue. Bloomington's downtown area is a destination right now for and people. And people want to live down there. Too. They want to live down there. They want to shop down there. And well, the, you know, the shopping is sort of it's it's niche shopping, and they want to have entertainment down there. So I think the the fear on the side of people who uh, are maybe more involved in the business community is we haven't government hasn't intervened and done a lot of things that have, uh, you know, to date, and look, we're actually doing quite well. So if government gets involved, what will be the unintended consequences? So that's something I I think the mayor has taken a very measured approach to this and having a series of meetings and he wants to find out what what are sort of the art of the possible. And I just, uh, you know, I I think something – there will be an ordinance because the city council I think will will want an ordinance of some sort. But what's in it, Daniel? You ask me. I don't know what will be in it. (laughs) One thing I'd like to see though in in 2010 is something going in where Ladyman's used to be. I I, I know they're going to build a a new building on that corner. There's a plan for that. And I'd like to see something nice there on that corner. That's a very high – Visibility area. Is that a prediction or is that just a hope? <laughs> uh, it's both. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We have uh, less than 10 minutes to go and I want to spend just a few minutes if we could on uh, the decade. And I know there's debate about whether this is the end of the decade or not the end of the decade. But it, for this – Every year is the end of a decade. For noon edition <laughs> today, this is the end of the aughts or whatever. Yes. Yeah, so and now we can say 2010. We don't have to say 2000 and – Right. So mm-hmm. we're now into 2010. And uh, we have a – you know, we, we – did develop a list at the paper of some of the big stories of, of the decade. And if you just look back 10 years to the year 2000, right? Yeah, 10 years. Uh, Bob Knight's firing, Herman Wells' death, and the disappearance of Joe Bierman all happened in that one year. And that wow. was a major year for, uh, for news. And, and you know, some of it was – well, none of it was good news. But unless some people might think Bob Knight's firing was good news. But <laughs> – but that's been 10 years ago already and I think that might surprise people to know that it's been that long. Um, there are you know, many many of the years – we had some years that, that there just didn't seem to be a lot of news. But a couple of things we haven't talked about yet that were very newsworthy during uh, the last decade, I-69 and the progress or uh, the changes, the progress toward a new highway which some people like and some people hate. Um, and that will be an issue in the next decade as well as people as uh, the state moves forward on that. And also Crane, if you remember, Andrea, Crane was a big story a couple yeah, of times when yeah. the people were uh, people, when the government was continue, considering the BRAC, the BRAC yeah. which base realignment and closure. 
and Crane, which employs thousands of people in South Central Indiana, was uh, feared to be on the list. And I think the last BRAC that was survived was in 2005. So we have to wait and see what you know might happen as uh, the next few years unfold with with that. Um, Terry Hepner, the death of Terry oh, yeah, Hepner in 2007 was a very sad story uh, and had to do with, uh, of course, with um, the new IU football coach. Healthcare was on your list, Daniel. There, I know you have only been here a year and a half, but there have been many, many healthcare stories in the last uh, the last decade, and there's a big one coming up. I mean, you're, you're probably aware of what's happening with Bloomington Hospital and Clarion, and there's probably going to be a, uh, a I, merger yeah. of those two in the very, I'm very waiting, near future. Yeah, I'm waiting to, for some news on that. I mean, we keep calling them, and they keep saying mm-hmm. we're not ready to say anything. Um, but one thing that I have noticed this last year um, is more people calling the newsroom to to tell us their stories about how they cannot get the health care they need. And, and it just seems like in the last year we've had – those calls have been in the dozens as opposed to once every month or so. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of people hurting. Right. Well, <clears throat> well, just, I mean, news out of Washington right now, you know, they've seeming, they seem to have struck some sort of deal uh, on some legislation. So we'll see how that plays out right at the end of the decade. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll – nice uh, demarcation point, see how it'll – you know, we have this new decade come up and see how uh, this actually works out. And, right. Uh, Especially, uh, I'm interested in seeing how it plays out uh, next year's election. You know, um, how much of an issue uh, healthcare legislation, who votes for what, will be. Um, we mentioned Baron Hill earlier. It'll definitely, <laughs> you know, play in, in, in this election because uh, uh, his town hall meeting was about healthcare, and it was just this rowdy mm-hmm. spectacle. You know, and uh, that was one of the summer's uh, most interesting stories to me was uh, going to uh, Columbus and going to all these different communities and seeing their town hall meetings and seeing just how much information people thought they had, how much disinformation they had, and really seeing people get involved in a non-election year about a, uh, about a topic was just particularly interesting for me. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it, we'll see how it plays out. I don't know when they're going to vote on it, but they seem to have struck some deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's a health story that we haven't talked about that happened in the decade of the uh, O's. I don't know what to the call aughts. it. The aughts. The aughts. I don't know what to call it. But Bloomington passed its smoking ban in the Yes, in the and then so and then just uh, a decade ago, heart attack and smoking smoking related illnesses went down right. in 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 our community. Right, um, and all the all the uh, predictions of you know dire straits on the part of people who run businesses, restaurants, and bars, cocktail lounges, are saying that that they were going to put them out of business if this happened. And um, I don't know that 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 happened. And uh, yeah, it seemed like we – that was a good news story for That was a good news decade. story for people who uh, we, don't, don't smoke. We well, need for to, everybody. And we really. need to give a shout-out to uh, – Tony Pizzo. Tony Pizzo for, for being spearhead on that. Right. Member of the city council and retired member of the city council yeah. now. And, OK, Daniel, you are a lot younger than Andrea and I. Uh, mm-hmm. So where were you on September eleventh, two 2001, which, of course, was in the last decade? I was, uh, I was uh, a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in history class. It was uh, – first block, first period, and um, this person came in. Uh, it was right across from the high school radio station. He said uh, a plane had hit the World Trade Center, and a lot of us didn't even know what the World Trade Center was. We just knew it was in New York somewhere. And so my history teacher said, oh, well, whatever. We're not going to turn on the TV. It's just it's no big deal. Like, the, the, like you know, like it, it, the, 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 it hadn't dawned on anyone yet, of course. And so then he came back in, you know, I don't, 20 minutes later and said another one had hit. And at that point, 
class pretty much stopped. And so everyone sort of started turning on their TVs. But I do remember by third period, it was kind of uh, later on the day that the the towers had fallen. And my German teacher uh, were thinking, gosh, why isn't the TV on? Why aren't we watching this? And he said, well, that's what they would want you to do. So he turned the TV (laughs) off. He said, we're not going to watch this at all. Um, And that's really stuck with me because uh, everyone wanted to watch this piece of history unfold and Mm -hmm. no one really quite knew what it would mean. And I think the the heaviness of the event didn't dawn on us for days, weeks. And I do remember I had a soccer game later later on that evening that got canceled. And I thought, wow, this is so important, you know, like to have a soccer game canceled. <laughs> you know? So that's where I was. I was that's uh, your perspective. <laughs> I, was, I think I was 15 or 16 yeah. when that happened. Well, I, we just couldn't do a program and talking about the last decade without mentioning that. I think what happened on September 11th was certainly something that changed everybody and changed the, the world. And I think we also should mention uh, the election of Barack Obama, mm-hmm. the first African-American president of United States. Not a local story, but certainly a local, local impact. Story. And of course, the, the rise of the handheld device, uh, the oh cell gosh. phone Technology. and your handheld device, the internet, uh, the web, and all the new ways of communicating. Who knows what kind of radio uh, we'll be doing mm. in the next decade, 10 years from now. Okay, we only have one minute to go in the program. Quick, some sort of prediction for next year. I will predict. I already predicted it. There's going to be some sort of a chain store ordinance that will be passed early uh, before June 1st, I'd say, in downtown Bloomington. I don't know what's going to be in it, but there will be something. Daniel? Uh, I predict that uh, the economy will get better. Hopefully, maybe it's just <laughs> oh, wishful good, thinking. good. Okay. Uh, I've tried to keep up on it, so I predict things will get better. Maybe the stimulus can play out a little bit more. We can sort of maybe get a verdict on that. Uh, so, yeah. We'll I predict that uh, – the Rex team in Terre Haute will have a winning season, <laughs> and so will IU football. IU football. Oh, All right. Wow, and 2010? Hey, going know, to a bowl. Yeah, I just like to think big. All right. Well, thanks for hanging with us today. I know that uh, it's, it's New Year's Day, and it's about time for, wow, those football games probably already started. But uh, we'd like to wish you a happy New Year from all of us here at Noon Edition. For my guests today, Andrea Murray from the Herald Times, Max Jones from the Terre Haute Tribune Star, and Daniel Robinson from right here at WFIU. And for Ariana Prothero, our producer and engineer, Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering pizzas, pasta dinners, and wings with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com, 332-4495 for delivery.